Hello, you are listening to the Fellow Cast again, and this is a Bring Your Own Bible episode, following up on the first five episodes of this series, which is an adaptation of the Storytime Bible Study series run at the Fellowship. We are adapting it for an audio version that you can listen to at any time at your leisure. And we've already done five episodes on the genealogies in the Bible. And today we're switching gears, going into the book of Genesis, the start of everything, the start of creation. And Pastor Garth shares some interesting insights about God's divine design for all of creation. Bring your own Bible. The whole point is to really excite you about reading the Word of God for yourself. Um, So it really is a story time. We're going through these stories one by one in order to quicken a desire for you to look back into those stories that you probably know very well already. And we're starting off with, um, I'm sure, one of the most well-known stories. Uh, Anybody who's, who's grown up in the church would have heard this story hundreds of times already it's creation the story of how god made the earth and i think many of us can think back of the funky crafts we made in bible lessons about this one Um, and even in school um but this is the foundation of scripture isn't it Waldo? yes absolutely it really is where the whole story kicks off it's where family kicks off Mm. where the things around us kick off where work kicks off where marriage kicks off uh, parenting kicks off Mm. Everything starts over here. Sure, it's yeah. really the foundation of our faith. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to kick us off in a different way, um, reminding us what's the historical context of what happens. Wh- when did this story get written down? Uh, and who was the first audience that read it? Mm. And it was the Israelites in the desert. So even just from that perspective, it tells us that God is about to change the thinking of a slave people that's been uh, in a foreign land in um, Egypt for hundreds of years already. So many of these people grew up with an understanding that we worship the true God, but they're surrounded by a culture that worships the things that were created, Mm. isn't it? Yeah. Worship the frogs and the sun and the river and all of these things. So um, just keep that in mind when you're going to read through it again, because it's going to change the way you read it. Uh, Remembering that, oh, these people are told now, oh, there's a God far above everything that's created. Mm. Yeah. And then there's another context that I think keep this also in mind. Um, If you've ever read a chronological Bible, uh, like that uh, well-known one cover to cover, it orders the scriptures in the Bible in a certain way so that you read it as it would have chronologically taken place. Sure, yeah. um, because especially the Old Testament, uh, it's not written down that way, or we it's not packaged that way for us. Yeah. You know? uh, where does the prophets fit in, in between the kings and all of that? Now, if you've ever read one of those, um, all of them start off with John 1, verse 1, <laughs> which is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, or, and the Word was with God. No. Yes. And through him, all things were made. Nothing existed without him making it. So that will actually pre, uh, how do you say it, preamble yeah. this text. It will be the verse before the, the verse one over before here. Before going into Genesis. Yes, because before God started making, God was. Yeah. And remember that that's going to be the eternal context that we step out of this life into. Hmm. 
uh, into a space where God has always been way before anything was made. Mm. Um, so keep that in mind. Eh? It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. Then let's kick into the story then. Uh, the story starts off, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, we normally say the first thing that was made is light, but the story says God first made the earth, and that f earth was covered with water. Um, so, never in the verses that comes does God actually... Does it actually say God created water? God created dry ground? Those things were already there. It's going to tell us God's going to separate them to make air in between. And it's God's going to separate them to make dry ground and the waters, the oceans. So uh, that's an interesting thought to the story. The Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. And there's a bit of chaos in the story as well. It sounds like that if you if you read it rhetorically, because it says the spirit was over it, the earth was formless and void. Mm. It means there's no life on it, um, and there's no order in it yet. It's all there, but God's going to start ordering it just now. Mm. And then it says, uh, it's got this beautiful rhythm in the story. If you ever struggle to remember what happened on what day, I think today might help you out. Uh, because there's a beautiful order in it. On day one, it says, God says, let there be light. Now, there's no stars yet. There's no moon yet. Uh, but there's light. Yeah. God separated light from darkness. That's an interesting thought, eh? Yeah, sure. So there's no source of light. He creates that. Yes, except if you read through the rest of Scripture, God is light. Yeah. Um, uh, so he's the source of light. Yeah. And we are sources of light, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. I always, just to interject here for a moment, I always, uh, a while back, Pastor Rob spoke about um, God opened up a space inside of himself and yeah. he created yes. everything that exists. And that changed the picture for me uh, very much. It yeah. was almost like if you imagine Superman pulling open his, his tuxedo and underneath there's the Superman costume. It's almost like God pulled open and then he created. And it's from there the light already existed yes almost like he opened it up and then he created in there it's just a different there way it is seeing it um yeah because you want to say where's the scene for all of yeah. this where does it actually happen where are we located yeah yeah and the reason why it tells it that way is because god is omniscient he's yeah. everywhere at the same time yeah so where else is he going to make stuff than where he is yeah. you know it's it's massive thoughts and through him and in him all things exist yes know? So it's those mysterious concepts that's really difficult to comprehend with your what's yeah. it, finite mind. Absolutely. Yeah, we're in a place, in a space, in a time, and that's not God. Yeah. <laughs> and praise God, because, I mean, how would he would have made all these things if yeah. he's not way beyond what we are? Um, then the next one over there is air. Now there's air, but nothing is in the air yet. You're starting to see the picture. Light and darkness is separated, but there's no source of light yet. Um, air is separated from waters above and waters below. Um, and what is that exactly? The waters below is easy for us to understand, mm. um, uh, below the air. But above the air, is that just clouds? Or is it this water? Some guys read it as a, um, the guys from Answers in Genesis. There's this water uh, covering 
over or around the earth. Almost like the ozone layer. Yeah, which would protect the earth in a sense. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing in the air yet, right? And then dry ground. God separates the waters from the dry ground. So the, for the first time, there's uh, ground above the water sticking out now. Mm. And on that same day, it's the first time that he now actually produces life in the space that he has created. So it says he made plants, um, seed-bearing plants and fruit-bearing plants and grasses and all of those kind of things. So for the first time now, there's not just a space created, but there's incredible variety mm. filling the space. We're starting to see the creativity of God, the vastness by which he creates things. And every one of these ends with a beautiful rhythm that we have to keep in mind. It says, and it was good. And it was good. Um, so everything that God created right from the start is good. There is no evil in God. And now for the last three days, he's going to start filling up the space that he has created. So on the first day, he separated light and darkness. And now he's going to create sources of light and things that reflect light. So he's creating stars and he's also creating the moon. Um, and we know it's not just one moon because hmm. all of the planets in our, um, what do you call galaxy. it? Galaxy. Galaxy is surrounded by moons hmm. and they reflect lights. Eh? Beautiful. Yeah. So in that day as well, he's not just creating stars and things, but also the consequences that they bring, which is times and seasons. He's creating a rhythm suddenly in things. Mm. We've already seen, oh, the earth is revolving around itself because it says that's the first day. That's the next day and the next day. But now he's creating a season because the earth is starting to revolve around the sun. Um, there's a different rhythm mm. in things suddenly. And even today still, those seasons are true. Um, through Noah's story, we're going to say, uh, we're going to see uh, the summer and winter, springtime and harvest will never end. Uh, it even went through the flood and up sure. until our day, that rhythm is still in place. So now he's filled that space of light and darkness. And the next one, day two, was air. Now on day one, two, three, four, five, he's going to create birds that fill the air. Mm -hmm. Um, all of the variety of them. Incredible. Sure. <laughs> An expression of who he is. Yes. Often That often reminds me just like every person, everything that's created comes from God. So it yes. expresses something of who he is. Absolutely. Um, not that he's a plant or a bird, but it expresses something of his nature. Yeah. That he's able to create something like that and the beauty that it carries and, and what it does, even the function. Yeah. Of yeah. plants and those kinds of things. What's that beautiful psalm that says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky um, speaks of his wisdom and mm. all of that. And in Romans it says, um, people on the earth have no excuse because you can look at all these things and all of it speaks about God. Yeah. Uh, it's preaching all the time, declaring the glory of Who God. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. On that same day five as well, it's not just the birds, but he's also going to fill the waters below. Mm. He's going to fill them with creatures as well. And again, think of the vastness of it. Uh, the other day I, I looked at one of those um, Netflix One Planet programs. Um, and these guys, it was the one about the high seas. So they were dipping down into these depths um, with these funky things, technology that they made. And the guy made a statement. He says, every time we come down here, we discover something new. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, uh, we we haven't even discovered the depths of what he has created yeah. on that fifth day. Yeah, 
sure. still figuring it out. And the same goes for space and space exploration. Yes. Still discovering new planets and yeah. still new stars and Absolutely. It's just endless. The vastness of the yeah. glory that's displayed. But in, in many ways it's almost like um, people are o- always trying to get closer to God. Yeah. Even it through these, seeking. yeah, I mean, exploring space, even though they don't know it. Uh-huh. It was it Augustine that said man was created with a God-shaped hole? Yeah. It's yeah. Even if you don't believe in God, there's something in you that wants to discover more of who he is. And it's almost the nature of every human Yeah. that's seeking out, even yes. in nature. Yeah. And, and now with these living beings, he's going to bless them and say, multiply. Mm. So he created them and says, come on, multiply, fill the waters, fill the skies. On the sixth day, then we came with um, land animals, um, land creatures. And the same kind of thing. It says from the smallest to the greatest, he created all of them, this vastness of what they are. And he blessed them and says, multiply. And then on that same day, suddenly the rhythm in the story changes. It's this ticking over, this rhythm every time, boom, and it was the next day, and it was the next day, and it was good, and all of that. Then it suddenly stops, and it says, God said, let us make man in our image. Mm. That incredible statement that reminds us, wait, John 1 is correct. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So they one and the same, but there's an us in the story. Um, In the beginning, Genesis 1 says the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the deep. Um, So the Trinity is already there, which is a really, it's a brilliant thing to to just stop and dwell on, to Mm. say, wait, God is not lonely. He didn't create out of a neediness in himself. He is fulfilled in himself. He's going to make a man now, and the man's going to be lonely because there's not somebody who's his equal. Mm. But God in himself is already speaking to himself and say, wait, let us create. Um, it's, it's, there's such a depth yeah. to dwell on there. In fact, I, I just want to jump to a verse quickly. Um, when we spoke about the genealogies, we came to Genesis chapter 5. Um, so let me quickly read Genesis 1. Uh, verse 27, and then I'm going to jump, jump to Genesis 5. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So when we come to the next part of the story, when it says and Adam was lonely, there was nobody, he's equal, and God put him to sleep, and he took his rib out and made a woman. Um, th- this verse already is telling us uh, woman is not secondary. Uh, so man is made in God's image and woman is something other, you know, something mm. less. That's not what it's saying at all, all right? Um, so that's one of the important points. Now, in chapter 5, verse 1, this is the written account of Adam's line. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created the male and, f- uh, and female and blessed them. And when they were created, he called them man. So for the rest of Scripture, we can, in essence, see when it speaks about man, it's a plural form for man and woman. All right, It includes the both of them. Mm. But what I wanted to, to see there is the next verse. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. It sort of sounds just like, another ticking over of another generation as if our generation the way that luke's put it starts with 
God. We are made in the image of God's, uh, of God. Um, and all throughout Scripture, that intent of God never changes. All right, we really have to lift up our understanding of who we are, who God created us to be. I think we sell ourselves short when, um, like the in popular theology, I'll say, science theology, when it says we are just higher mammals, mm. uh, we are evolved. I think so much of that have come into our thinking about ourselves mm. um, that we really are just clever animals yeah. and we're the top dogs on the earth at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is not what Scripture says we are. So in Ephesians, when it speaks about um, we were predestined to be transformed to the image of Christ, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Let me just read us a verse there, um, Ephesians 1 verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his good pleasure, to the praise of his glorious grace, which is freely given us. Um, in verse 2, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Mm. All of that just rings true with the original intent of creation. Mm. We were always made to be this glorious display of God on earth, ruling over his beautiful creation. Yeah. Right? It's quite interesting that as well from Ephesians, that that verse, I think it's 20 in chapter 1, where it says that we are seated, Christ is uh, raised him up, he seated him at the right hand of the Father. And then chapter 2, where it speaks about where we fit into that, it's exactly the same. Where it's yes. Verse 6 is it says, now we are in Christ. Yes. And it's, it's really amazing how that just keeps repeating itself, like you're saying. It's, yeah. it's a constant reminder, even though it might sound heretical, and I think that's why some people want yes, to diminish who we it, are. Yeah. So it's like, how can we be equal with Jesus? Well, we, we are, but we're not, but we're in Him. It's yes. because of Him that we are equal. Yes. It's to His glory Absolutely. that we are glorious. Yeah. And I think that's important to recognize. If we are not glorious, then God is not glorified through us. Yeah. You know, so we have to be willing to raise up our thoughts regarding who we are yeah. for His glory. Yeah, yeah. It's that, that almost that analogy of the artist and the art. Hmm. If if you look at the piece of art and you break down the art, you're breaking down the artist, and it's yeah. the same with us. We are His creations, and so yeah. we should honor and glorify the creation, not above the Creator, but absolutely the Creator for the creation. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true, eh? So there's a lot to play around there in the story mm. in terms of, um, listen, when did God make penguins? <laughs> they lay their eggs on land yeah. and they live in the sea or, or something like an otter that's quite comfortable on the land. Yeah. You know? uh, or some, think about the cycles of life. They're mosquitoes. They start off in water uh, and they find their way up in the air and they feed on us on yeah. land. <laughs> <Blood>. <laughs> yeah, we can only ask God all of those interesting we questions actually did last night what's the use of mosquitoes when you're in bed <laughs> 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 yeah no? uh, then there's a lot of thoughts about um how literal do you read this story is it literal days that's mm. one of those common questions asked my answer always with it is um i don't know if you've ever wondered about those things i think most of us have yeah is uh be be conscious of what you do when you read scripture allegorically just 
tell yourself, listen, I'm giving myself a lot of room now to interpret this very freely. Um, because if you're not conscious of that, you can land in deep trouble. Mm. So I, I always read it very literal, this entire story. Um, take, for instance, if you read the story allegorically, say it's not literal days, it's thousands of years and sort of God evolved things, uh, created them in that kind of way then typically you will read chapter two and chapter three also allegorically. You'll say, all right, so it's not a, it's not really the first man and the first woman on the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, it's something else. Uh, either you're going to say they evolved into humans and they became sort of the first race. They represented of Adam and Eve of the first race of humans. And you won't be able to pin it down in history somewhere. All right. Um, and then you're going to go into the garden story saying, well, it's not a literal garden. It's sort of just a picture and the snake is not a literal snake. Yeah. Um, so w what I'm saying is where are you going to stop when it comes to the flood? Is it the literal flood of the earth? It creeps its way deeper and deeper and deeper into the stories of the scriptures so that you end up with a mindset or a dealing of scripture that becomes really dangerous mm. because you give it as much scope as you want to give it. Um, and you're only literal about the things that you feel comfortable about or that you feel you understand enough to read yeah. literally. Yeah. Yeah. And that also leaves the rest of scripture then up to your interpretation yes. of things like time and those kinds of things. So did God really stop the sun for a whole day in, in Joshua, I think it was, or mm. for Joshua? Yes, yes. Well, so how do you connect those two then? Yeah. When is it only a day and when is it a thousand years or whatever? Yeah, yeah. No, it is. So it requires a lot of faith to read it that way. And yeah. it really is. Let's just call it what it is. It's a very simple faith. You know, it's it's humbling to say, well, I don't understand how, but I believe that. Yeah. Um, but that's the kind of faith that God wants us to have. So personally, in our church, we always say, listen, you're going to read it the way you read it. And we can live side by side, not perfectly aligning everything, you know, um, but just know what you're doing, yeah. and and be really, really careful uh, where you give your lot of self a lot of scope to interpret scripture the way you, that you want to. Mm. You know, um, so we always say scripture interprets scripture, and the rest of scripture interprets this story absolutely literally. Mm. There's no way in scripture that anybody uh, ever come back to the story and not actually see it as the story of creation, a literal six-day creation um, of God. Yeah. And then, um, just as a last two thoughts that I want to throw in here, um, the whole concept of rule. In this story, we are told that God created a man and he put him on the earth. In the next story, we're going to speak about the garden. God placed him in a specific beautiful place. But he gave them this thing. He said, um, I bless you, multiply, fill the earth, rule over it. So how do we read that? Uh, for me, it just emphasizes that we've got a real responsibility. Um, while we've got the honor of staying on this earth, keep in mind that God created up until day six all the animals, uh, which is already his beautiful, glorious creation. He loves it. Um, stories like Jonah uh, makes it clear at the end of the story that God deeply loves and cares for what he has created. Um, things like the flood, it shows us oh, God just didn't want to just save humans he also wanted to save the animals and brought them into the ark and nowhere in the story does it ever say well god saved them in order to supply 
for for Noah. It was both ways, you know. They were uh, saved by grace in order to continue to rule over the beautiful creation. So just our relationship as Christians with the earth is important that we keep a biblical mindset of it, that we've got a responsibility. While we were created to have fellowship with God, we also created for a purpose, to rule over, to look after creation. Now when Jesus speaks to his disciples at one stage, he says, guys, I don't want you to rule over one another like the Gentiles do. So the Christian ruling, the Christ-like ruling is a servant heart. It's a heart that says, I care for that which I rule over. Mm. And like Jesus, I'm willing to lay down my life for those I rule over. Um, it's not like I send them into battle and they die on my behalf. Yeah. It's not that kind of rule that God wants us to look after creation. We're here to really love it the way that God does. Mm. Mm. And then the last thing, the story ends with day seven. And it's a wonderful thought to think. Adam and Eve was created, and their first full day on earth is a day of rest. Now, Hebrew taps into this um, a lot when it says to them, listen, be careful, you have to enter into God's rest. So what is he saying? He said there was a rhythm that God created life in, and part of that rhythm is rest. The first day of the week is, in fact, rest you start from a space of rest the start of a place of peace communion with god communion with one another mm. uh, we were not made first and foremost to run and then when you tire to drop down and rest mm. no you made to rest spend time with god spend time with your eve with your family with your friends and out of that rest go into your week of work mm. isn't that beautiful yeah it's incredible yeah. that that god would consider that important um mm. for again uh, even though i believe the animals and those ev every part of creation know god yeah but us as humans are given almost that first opportunity when just coming to life and you you're in this opportunity to rest with god yes. to get to know god yeah i don't know if that that relates to it but it really Absolutely. is is an interesting thought to go that i created these people and I want to just spend time with them. I want them to spend time with yeah. me. Yeah, because out of the knowing him and knowing one another deeply in his presence comes a very different kind yes. of work, a yeah. very different kind of ruling. Um, so if it doesn't start there, we sort of miss the way that we're supposed to yeah. do what he gave us to do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This is a lovely session. And as I said, next week, we're going to drop into chapter two. We're going to be into the garden and into the fall, which just opens up a lot of treasures. Thank you, Roldy.